You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 49. We are just breaking so many records here in 2020 already, and I am loving it. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Savannah McKee, our youngest guest to date here on the podcast. If you want to know why, just listen. Savannah opens up about her struggles with mental health, speaks an encouraging word to young people, and why a no from God might be for the best. Her inspirational posts on Instagram absolutely captured me that I had to reach out and get her here on the podcast. So prepare to be captured as well. Let us not waste any more time. Here is episode number 49 that I am calling Be a Vessel with Savannah McKee. You're listening to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Guys, I am beyond excited to tell you about a new feature that I am rolling out this year on the podcast, voice memos. That's right. If you've been listening and the Lord just has been blessing you, I'd love to hear about it. Also, if you have a question about anything that we have discussed on the podcast or about Hello Awesome in general, I want to know. So call one 698 to leave a voice memo that might be used on a future episode of the podcast. How exciting is that? Again, that's one 698 0027 to connect to the official Hello Awesome Podcast voice mailbox. Leave some love or a question and keep tuning in because you might just hear yourself here on the podcast. Before we get to why you're here, let me share two special deals with you from some friends of mine. The Hello Awesome Podcast wants to welcome back our sponsor, Nuggles, for a new season. Through affordable, modest fashion, Nuggles aims to provide beauty with comfort. From dresses to slip skirts, modesty doesn't have to sacrifice style. Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe today. Do you firmly believe that our relationship with Jesus should impact every part of our lives, including the clothes that we wear? We do too, and so do our friends over at The Modest Poppy. If you're ready for casual wear that's high quality for the modern Christian girl, use their special discount code TMP20 for 20% off your next order at themodestpoppy.com. You can be a witness for Jesus just by what you wear. So take advantage of these special offers from our incredible sponsors right now. Keeping great content and products coming takes not only time, but money. This got me thinking, how can I keep doing what I love, creating stuff you love, while also building a special program just for Hello Awesome's most loved supporters? Enter in Patreon. Patreon is an amazing website where I have put together an exclusive reward membership system. For as low as $2 a month, I will exchange your financial contribution with incredible benefits not found anywhere else. This includes bonus podcast episodes that haven't even been released yet, audio content, free digital copies of all of my books, current and future, 
beautiful phone wallpapers, an official Hello Awesome tote bag, and so much more. Just go to patreon.com backslash hello awesome. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash hello awesome to become a hello awesome Patreon today or click the link in the show notes. I appreciate you so much and just giving a little bit to hello awesome. You will receive so much exclusive content from yours truly. One more thing. Did you know my books, The Palace Keepers and The Glitter Effect, are available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon? That's right. Just search the titles and add them to your next Amazon order, and you can actually have one of my books in your hands in just a few days. Your support means the world to me. It really fills my heart, and it financially supports current and future Hello Awesome projects. Head to the show notes for a direct link to my Amazon author bio for more details. Hey, everybody, we are back with another interview on the podcast. Today, I have with me Savannah McKee. She just broke a record and became my youngest podcast guest, and I am so excited. Yay. So, Savannah, please take a minute to share with us a little about yourself and what you do. Okay. Um, Hi, I'm Savannah McKee. I'm from Katy, Texas. I'm 18 years old. I'm a songwriter, a writer. A senior in high school. I'm just a little baby. I really, really, really love my church, the Pentecostals of Katy, and that's pretty much it, I think. Well, I actually have been following you on Instagram for a while, and so you have been sharing a lot of things on there that really tug at my heart, so we're just going to jump deep into it, if you don't mind, because I honestly, I love your heart so much. I really do, so. I love your heart. So, one day you shared something and it literally made me stop. And so that's when I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. Um, You said, if you're old enough to be anointed, you're old enough to be a target. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me a little bit more about what you meant by that. Um, Yeah. So Brother Victor Jackson came to our church a while back and did a revival. And he was talking about how when he was this young kid, he went through all this abuse and went through a bunch of terrible things in his life. And he overcame that. And now is this amazing minister and amazing preacher of the gospel and has changed so many lives. And he talked about how the devil knew that if he could take him out when he was just a kid, that he would never be able to touch all the people that he was able to touch. A lot of the times we think that the devil is dumb and we, because obviously God is greater and more powerful, but the devil is not stupid. Mm-hmm. He recognizes anointing when it's there. And he knows that when we're impressionable and we're trying to figure out who we are, and trying to figure out our identity, it's so easy to trip us up and get us distracted from our actual purpose. And young people have so many opportunities that once they get older, they'll never have again. Mm-hmm. High schools and middle schools are the biggest mission field in the church right now. And if the devil can distract people long enough for those four years that they're in high school, then they'll have lost out on one of the biggest ministry opportunities that they could have had because the whole time they're trying to figure themselves out and figure their own life out. I love how you said that because it's so true, but we honestly don't talk about that enough. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted you on here because you've talked about it a few times is how, you know, young people are more powerful than they give themselves credit for. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate you saying that. And I love how 
you know, we really should, especially if we are of the age where we're going to high school or in college, try and look at it as an opportunity to be the light to, you know, our fellow students and not just, you know, get involved in all of the politics or the the drama or whatever of that age or society. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know, how does it feel as a young person of faith to hear other people, maybe they're people who are older than you, kind of fluff off your emotions like, oh, it's just teenage drama. Like, how does that make you feel, especially (laughs) as a young Christian? Um, I don't think it's intentional. I mean, I think of it like this, you know, whenever you're in middle school and you're like, middle school is so hard. I can't wait till I'm in high school. And Mm -hmm. then in high school, you're like, those middle schoolers have no idea how hard it is. This is what's hard. And then you get in college and then college students are like, high schoolers have no idea. College (laughs) is what's really hard. And then you get out of college and you're an adult and you're like, those college students, they don't even know. They're not ready for the real world. Mm -hmm. And you constantly forget that you were once in this place where those feelings were incredibly real to you. And I mean, whenever I was 12, 13, I struggled really bad with depression and loneliness. And I never cut myself or anything, but I would have these suicidal thoughts. And once I got delivered and I got a little bit older, I remember hearing about some girls in my church that would, you know, go through things like that. And in my head, I would, or out loud, I would say, like, oh, they're just, you know, preteens. They'll grow out of it. Like, everyone has, like, a phase like that. And I forgot that I, too, at that age, really did feel that way. And the last thing I wanted to hear was that it wasn't real and not feel validated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think it's so important for the church to be a safe place for not just teenagers and preteens and college-age students to be able to talk about what they're going through, but everybody. There's such a stigma against mental health and going through things and having these kind of thoughts that like, if you're thinking about that or you're going through that, then, oh, you're backsliding or, oh, you're crazy or you just don't pray. Like, no, it's a real thing. And it needs to be a safe place to talk about these kind of stuff. Because again, like before, if the devil can trip you up that early on, then he's got you hooked for a long time and you're missing out on so many things. I made another post and it's kind of a separate thing, but there's so many people every single day Every person you drive by, talk to, order from, check out, anything is either going to heaven or hell, and you have a ministry opportunity right then and there. And if the devil can distract you long enough to make you think, you know, like, oh, nobody likes you, oh, you're so alone, nobody needs you, and you're thinking about all that, then you're missing out on ministry opportunities every single day. And so that's why it's frustrating when the devil can make it seem like, oh, it's no big deal. Or we can make it seem like, oh, it's no big deal that we're going through that. They'll grow out of it. Truthfully, we don't really have time for anyone to grow out of it. I mean, if once you grow out of it, you've grown past hundreds of people that needed you in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I do, I do think it is, you know, something that we have to remember is that everybody's journey is different. And Mm -hmm. when you're a certain age, your reality is going to be different. You know, Mm -hmm. what you, what you see every day, what your perception is, it is different than somebody in their thirties. And that doesn't mean that we need to condemn the younger people because of that. And I think that, that sort of attitude has been rampant everywhere, not just the church, but it is sad when it is, when it does in, in the church, because 
like you said, it needs to be a safe place. And so we do need to start being a little bit more understanding. And I think it's almost like we get, we almost like, not fear, I guess, but we almost don't want to like acknowledge that because we feel like we're like coddling people if they Mm -hmm. have a toxic attitude or something, which I get. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I think it's become more of this like attitude that almost uh, like suppresses the younger generation in a way to where they don't feel like they could express themselves because then like you said that there's this like stigma attached to it or there's this like bad attitude attached to it. And so they, they'll just go find somebody else who can, who will listen to them, you know? When I was really young and I was going through this time of my life where I was being depressed and I felt lonely, I was getting really frustrated because I prayed all the time and I followed all the rules. I was a good little rule follower. And then all of a sudden I started hating myself and I started getting really lonely and I started feeling like nobody wanted me and nobody needed me. And I was really confused because I was like, okay, if I'm praying all the time, and I'm doing everything right. Why am I going through this kind of stuff? Again, young person's mind. I thought this was stuff that people that did wrong went through. Mm-hmm. And growing out of it now, I now clearly see why God chose to put me through that at a young age. Because now I'm getting to speak to people or speak to young people that go through this. And I would never be able to relate to them if I never had went through it. And it changed my perspective that instead of seeing like, oh, why is this happening to me? Why is God putting me through this? It changed my perspective to be, God trusts me enough to put me through this so that he can use me to minister to a bigger crowd of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're in it at the time, it's hard for you to see past that. Um, Because I know the different messages that I've gotten from people who are going through similar things. It doesn't know age, you know, like depression doesn't go by age. It's just because we're people. And so um, I wanted you to talk to somebody right now. Like, what would you say to the person right now listening who feels like their age might be like hindering their calling? Like maybe like they're not sure what the next steps are, but they feel like being young is part of the problem. Maybe they've been told something negative about being young. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they've had those mindsets from other people and they're looking at them as truth. So like, what would you say to somebody who feels like being young is hindering their current calling? Something a while back changed my perspective completely. And this sounds like it doesn't apply to this, but it'll, it'll apply to this. I, uh, I went out one day and I, you know, ran errands. I went to the grocery store and got some groceries. I went to eat by myself because I like eating by myself. That's a whole separate thing. Everyone should go eat by themselves. Um, Amen. (laughs) A long time was so wonderful. And then um, I went to the store and picked up something. I don't remember what I, all I did, but I know I went out and did a few things on my own. And then I came home and I did my daily cry for clarity and was like, God, what's my calling? what's my ministry? I just want to know what I'm called to do. I feel so stuck. Like no one's going to take me seriously. I'm just a young person. Whatever. I did that whole thing. And then God stopped me and said, you missed it. And I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean I missed it? He said, you missed it. He said, you're praying for me to reveal what your ministry is. Yet you missed every single ministry opportunity you had today. You didn't minister to the people at the 
restaurant. You didn't minister to the people at the store. You didn't minister to the people at the grocery store. You didn't minister. You didn't witness to any of them. Why do you only want something with a title? And it shook me because again, as young people and just as people in general, we have this whole idea that we reach this certain point whenever our ministry starts counting. Mm-hmm. Or we think we reach a certain age or we reach a certain title when we're like, okay, now my ministry starts and now people are going to take me seriously. When truthfully, that's not the case. I remember being 11 years old and talking to a woman in an airport about church. And then she came over to my parents and we started talking to her about God and everything. And then months later, or maybe a year later, I was 12 and I felt the need to text her. And I texted her. And this is a 35-year-old woman who told me she was, that night was on the verge of suicide. And that's what changed her perspective. And then she came to church. And I don't say that to make it sound like, ooh, look what I did. I'm speaking from a young person's perspective that God doesn't care how old you are. A vessel is a vessel. Yeah. If God can use a donkey, (laughs) he can use a young person (laughs) that's consecrated to God. You know what I mean? A relationship is a relationship. And he wants to have that with you. And he wants to build that with you. It's a pride a lot of the time. Pride isn't just, ooh, I think I'm the greatest person on planet Earth. I'm better than everybody. Pride isn't only that. Pride is also fear of rejection. And it's fear of what people will say about you. And once you lose that and just stop caring about people's opinions and stop caring about, oh, they're not going to take me seriously. Like I have this word from God or I have this ministry that I want to do, but no one's going to take me seriously because of my age. Truthfully, that's pride in itself. And once you remove that and you're saying, I don't care what anyone says about me, I'm just going to do what God told me to do because he told me to do it. That's when he can start using you in these ways. It's not really about how old you are, but it's whenever you get that realization. Yeah. Carol, that's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really is. And honestly, that should help anybody because there are some, you know, women in their 30s, which is around my age, um, that, (laughs) you know, and even older than me that have that kind of lack of confidence and that get so insecure about that. And um, the clock on ministry doesn't start just because of the age that you are. And I love Mm -hmm. how you put that before. So, everybody has their own insecurities. And I don't know if you feel like you project this way, but from what I see, from what you share on Instagram, I see like this boldness that's rising up out of you, just beauty and speaking and connecting with people. Mm. Like I could just tell that you just love people because you love God and through your love of God, you're loving on people. And so I wanted to know, where do you think your confidence comes from? It's so weird, not weird. But crazy to hear someone describe me as confident (laughs) because um, I truly wasn't that for a long time. And I'm super open and I'll talk about all this. Just two weeks ago, I sat in the car and just cried my eyes out and decided I felt really attacked. And I just cried my eyes out, just feeling so insecure wanting to quit worship leading, wanted to quit music altogether, just did not understand. It's not that I felt that way, but I could tell something was trying to get me to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And uh, I've learned to know that we're all just vessels and you have to take care of your vessel and you have to, you know, make sure it's a good vessel to present before God. 
but what fulfills the vessel, that's what you have to be confident in. Like I used to get super nervous when I would post things and people probably see it all the time. I post and then delete and then post and then delete and then post and then delete it again because I'm crazy. And (laughs) I used to, uh, every time before I sang and every time after I sang, I would cry and cry and cry. And whenever I speak, I would cry after I spoke. And then I would go back and watch the live stream and be like, what is she doing? Why is she singing like that? Why is she rambling? And I would just pick apart every single thing that I did. And God checked me again and was saying, why are you doing this? I gave you a word and I gave you something I wanted you to say. Why are you nitpicking about the way it was said? I knew how you were going to say it before I told you to say it. And again, I got checked by the Holy Ghost. God reached down and, you know, slapped me and said, get yourself together. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. So it's just one of those things that you got to remember why you're doing it. And if your intentions are right and your motives are right, then you have nothing to worry about. And you can let your confidence be in that. Cause I used to think I was telling you earlier, I used to think that like, and I still do get really worried. Like people are going to think that I think I'm super spiritual or people are going to think that I think I have it all together. And I was, I'm constantly worried about other people's opinions and it's something that I'm still working on, but uh, God's really been helping me with the understanding that it's not for me and it's not for recognition and it's not for people to pat me on the back and tell me that was really good. And I really liked your song and all that, but it's purely about who am I ministering to and why am I doing this? And if you can get the why before the how, that's where your confidence comes from is the why. Yeah. I like the way you just said that. That was so awesome. You know, it's easy for us to pick apart how we do things and, you know, Mm -hmm. like how, we kind of get things done and like how we're, how we're talking and how we, you know, how our face looks, you know? Um, And we forget the actual heart of the message that we're saying or the song that we're singing. I'm I'm really glad that you just spoke about the why, because I think that is also where my confidence comes from. And I did get that Mm -hmm. question before. So yeah, I actually had somebody ask me um, a similar question um, for a a podcast uh, interview when I was a guest, which that's a totally different story. But um, (laughs) and so yeah, it's just when you really, when you really look at things in simple terms, it's all about the why it's all about him. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how he has opened up your understanding about something that, like you said, it's a solid truth. So Mm -hmm. once you know that, then you can be bold about, about, you know, what to say, then how you say it almost doesn't really matter. Um, as long as you're still being respectful and as long as you're honoring his word and the truth. Um, Oh, a hundred percent. But I, uh, there'd be times that I would, you know, sing a song I wrote and at a church and I would get off the platform and I would go to the back and I would again, cry my eyes out because I'm a wimp and my mom would tell me, or my mom and my dad, both of them, they would ask me why I was crying. And I told them that I would, I just did such a bad job. I hit so many of the wrong notes. I, you know, would go on a whole long list of everything that I did wrong. And they would stop me because they don't let me do that. And they would ask, did God give you that song? 
and I said, would say yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. Or they would ask, did he want you to share it right then? And I would say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. And they would say, then stop talking about anything else to do with it. Because nothing else matters mm-hmm. other than you did whatever God told you to do. Everything else is the devil trying to get you to stop doing the will of God. Yeah. He's trying to get you to stop, you know, being used by God. That is the e- easiest tactic and most frequent one that the devil uses is self-deprecation. I'm telling you, that thing destroys more people than anything else in the church mm. will besides probably offense. Yeah. Because we can think that or self-deprecation stops so many ministries from happening. I can't tell you how many people have told me, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a singer. Or I want to do start this ministry. I want to start a P7 club. And then I never see them do any of it. And then I ask why. And they're like, oh, I just don't feel like, you know, I'm that good of a singer. or I don't want to start a P7 club. People are going to say things about me or they're not going to come. And that's so many souls. Or you have no idea the mm-hmm. ministry or the that you're missing out on or the lives that are not being changed because of that one little seed of doubt and self-deprecation that the devil puts in your head. It's so powerful. But if you can just switch that off or learn to tune it out, we can literally be unstoppable because if we stop caring about other people's opinions, and again, you should care about your reputation and because no one cares if you wear a skirt, if you're a jerk, but uh, Mm -hmm. not caring about other people's opinions in the sense of like starting whatever ministry God told you to do whenever he told you to do it. Yeah. I love that you just used that, the word self-deprecation because that has been something I've been studying for a while and I actually have mentioned it on the podcast a couple times and it's actually a topic in my new book that I'm writing about. So when you mentioned self-deprecation, I was like, yes, Lord, because (laughs) it is true. It is something that it really is. And I think we almost, some people are like this where they feel like if they beat up on themselves, then that's like being holy. People mistake pride with humility a lot of the time yeah if I don't think I did a good job or I think that I did terrible then people are going to say like oh I'm so humble like that has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with humility humility is knowing that you 100% have no right and privilege to be able to be doing what you're doing but God loves you enough to let you do that pride isn't thinking too much of oneself it's thinking too much about oneself it's not thinking constantly like, oh, I'm the best ever, but it's thinking being so overly concerned with whatever you do. Well, yeah, because I think sometimes when people have this attitude of like self-deprecation, they like pat themselves on the back a little bit. Um, like, look at me, I'm sharing all of my flaws. So oh, yeah. look how humble and, you know, amazing I am, which is like, well, then you're not really humble. Um, exactly. Sometimes the, the self-deprecation, almost like what you were sharing about what you were going through, that wasn't your case, but you almost kept, you almost kept yourself in that mindset of guilt and shame because you felt like you didn't deserve to get out of it for some reason. And that yeah. self-deprecation, I think, can happen to anybody and it happens very often, but we don't talk about it enough. And um, you shared about, you know, singing and songwriting. And I, and I could really actually, because I also do sing and I do songwriting, um, which a lot of people don't know. But um, and, and it is, it's so vulnerable to do that. 
So I wanted to know when it came to that, when it comes to like singing and songwriting and music, think back of, you know, 2019, what was the biggest blessing musically this past year for you? Hmm. (laughs) That's difficult. Um, I, there's so many different aspects to this question that I could answer, but like I think about, you know, I got to go on tour with my friend Landry Cantrell and it was really rewarding being able to sing my songs across, you know, four or five different states talking to, you know, people and just getting to minister to them through my music. But about five or six days ago, I posted a video uh, of a song I wrote called uh, either When God Says No or No, I Don't Have a Title. People keep calling it different things. I don't really care what they call it. <laughs> but, um, and that was from the last stop on the tour, that video. And I wanted to post it um, a few days after or a few weeks after and just kept feeling like not to. And I didn't know why. And then I was at home doing absolutely nothing five or six days ago. I think I was just sitting in a chair scrolling through Instagram or something. And God stopped me and said, go back and screen record that video and post it. And I was like, okay. And so normally, like I said earlier, I post and delete, post and delete. I love, I love grammar. (laughs) I don't like having mistakes in my post. So normally Mm -hmm. it takes me a minute to write something other, other, then when times when God says, Hey, here's this, post it. Those are times that I post it in like five minutes. I write something, post it five minutes and then it's yeah. gone. But this time, especially because I don't post videos of me singing or my original songs very often. The last video I think I posted of me singing was a trio I did, um, I think two years ago. But uh, so I went and I screen recorded it, made a short little caption and posted it and didn't even think twice about it and the responses I've gotten literally I I cry every time they literally blow my mind the stuff that I would have never even known people were gonna say and it was just something like I was like okay I look kind of dumb in this video and I'm crying the entire time and it's kind of weird but people would tell me that stuff like that their dad had died just that weekend and it was the first time that they were alone and they their phone dinged and they saw this video or someone said that they just got back from the doctor and had just been told that they were having a miscarriage and mm. it was just story after story I got about three four hundred responses it just blew my mind how people not just allowed me to be vulnerable and created a place where I didn't mind posting something where I was crying the entire time, but how many people identified with that and it gave them hope. And I, it just blew my mind just that thinking two weeks before I wanted to quit music altogether and didn't want to write anymore and just didn't want to sing anymore. And it makes me think back to this whole thing that um, I think I talked about it at the last conference I spoke at that once you overcome things, the devil will try to come back and he'll try to, you know, plant things in your mind whenever he knows that something's about something good is about to come or God's about to do something good through you. Like I'm not, I'm a, I'm a really, really, really happy person. And for me randomly to feel unwanted and unloved and insecure was just random. Or I knew 
that that wasn't how I truly felt. And it was just something weird that I was going through and I couldn't recognize why. And now I see that mm -hmm. if I would have quit music right then, I would not, I would not have posted that video. A few people told me that they were on the verge of suicide or thinking about doing that because they felt like God had forgotten about them. Or some girl told me that she, her parents had told her that that night that she was never allowed to go back to church again or have any communication with anyone in church. Wow. And then her phone dinged and she didn't even follow me and that video popped up. It's just crazy to me to think that. Um, so I tell people that everything that you go through is one of three things. It's either just a life thing that everybody goes through and it's not anything spiritual. It's just life happens. Yeah. Or it's the devil attacking you because he sees what's about to come or is God preparing you for something. Yeah. And if you view all your trials and everything that you go through, through those lenses, I'm not saying you'll never struggle, but it makes things a lot easier when you realize it's not just you. Mm -hmm. And you realize that, okay, it's either the devil's threatened by me or God's preparing me for something. Either way, I need to be aware and alert. And so this sounds like I'm a crazy person, but anytime I feel like, oh, I'm so ugly. I want to go back home. I'm so dumb. I will literally go out and witness to at least three people. I don't care where I got to drive. I'm going and I'm finding three people because for some reason the devil is trying to attack me right now. And I don't know why, but that means that I need to be alert and aware or it's either God preparing me for something and he's trying to teach me something. So whatever I'm going through, I'm going to try and learn from it. So instead of asking, you know, why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? Start asking what's getting ready to happen in my life that either the devil's threatened by me or God's preparing me for it. So that song really made me cry for more than just eight minutes. I was crying for five days reading responses. And <laughs> so I think that was not the biggest accomplishment in the sense of, ooh, I sing for a whole bunch of people and got a lot of money and got to, my song went way out there. It wasn't an accomplishment like that. It was just an, a, a personal thing that it really did something for me. Well, yeah, it definitely was a huge blessing for you. And I think just knowing that you blessed so many people, that blessed you. 100%. I responded to you because I was like, girl, you don't know this song just did something <laughs> to me. And I knew I said there was going to be, when you go through some things, I lost my cousin. Like I had messaged you and it yeah. wasn't that long ago, just a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, there are going to be times that trials are going to come. Like you said, opposition is going to come. Some things are natural. Like some things are going to happen. Um, but then, like you said, sometimes it is the enemy trying to distract you, trying to get your attention off of what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes it is God just trying to prepare you. So I like yeah. that because I think that's perfect, especially for a younger person who's trying to navigate their emotions, trying to navigate some hard stuff. There are some people going through some hard stuff and um, we have to start, yeah. you know, validating that what they're feeling is real. You were crying, but that's because you were just so vulnerable and, you know, the spirit of God was moving through you. And, um, I think people can feel that and sense that. And it was just so genuine and we need more things like that shared on social media because it's so easy for things to be fake or filtered. And mm -hmm. that video was not fake and it definitely was not filtered. Um, I put it in black and white cause <laughs> my face turned red the whole way through. <laughs> One of the last things I want you to do is I want you to picture like a room full of young people who are just hungry to serve God, but they have that block. Like they're just confused how to be bold 
in such a crazy world, how would you like hype them up and like keep their heads filled with hope? Well, um, one thing that sounds like it's going to be bad, but I promise it's not. Um, stop praying, God, what's your will for my life? Like, what's your plan for my life? Where do you want me to go? Which sounds bad, but change that prayer into God, who do you want me to be? And who do you want me to minister to today? Mm-hmm. Because as young people, we can get so caught up in, you know, the future or everyone can get so caught up in the future and where God wants you to be. And we act like there's this point A and point B, and this is where I am. And then this is where my calling is. Once I reach this and that's my calling every single day is a day for you to grow. And it's a day for you to minister to somebody. There's a reason God didn't fast forward your age until you're a full on adult. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's a reason that we are in this phase for 18 years or even into our college years. There's purpose in every single day that we're alive and drawing breath. There's no day that doesn't have a purpose and a reason for it. We have to learn to be intentional about everything. Whenever you're a young person and let's say God tells you you're going to be a missionary, okay? And then you spend your whole life doing absolutely nothing, just waiting for the opportunity to be a missionary. You're missing so many opportunities every single day that could be preparing you for that. God's so intentional about everything, like everything. If God tells you you're going to be a missionary to, let's say, Papua New Guinea, and then you start serving in your Sunday school, and you meet a kid, and you get a relationship with that kid, and you start speaking into their life, and they grow up, and by the time that God sends you there, God gives them the same burden for Papua New Guinea, and sends them with you, and then they minister to people that you were never able to minister to. Like, there's just little things that, like, you don't know. I remember I being uh, 14, and I was going to go on my first missions trip to Brazil, and I was praying about it and it was about for the trip. We had paid in full and God told me no. And I was like, what? <laughs> and God said, don't go. And I said, but God, it's not refundable. And he said, that's okay. I told you no. And so I backed out of the trip, told my mom and my dad, and they're very understanding. They trust me. So they prayed about it. We got some of our elders to pray about it. And then I backed out. And then the night I backed out, still having no idea why, we got a call saying that there was a missions trip to Ireland and Poland and they, a girl had dropped out and there was one spot available if I wanted to go. So I felt okay about it. I felt good in my spirit. So I went, it was a good trip, but I thought, you know, in my head, it was going to be like, God stopped me from going to Brazil because there was a revival that was going to happen on this trip. And I was going to call down fire from heaven. And like, that just didn't happen for me. And I was like, okay, so I don't really understand why God would have stopped one whole trip for me to go here. But while, while I was there, I gave the missionaries in Poland uh, a CD from our church and a CD of my mom's. And then went back home being like, I did that. I don't know why, but okay. Poland's completely, you know, Catholic. If you're not Catholic, they think you're in a cult. It's a whole thing. But they have this outbreak right now of gospel music. And they just love gospel music. So they have this thing with like community choirs. And they bring in an American to come direct this gospel choir. I know Trey McLaughlin was one of their people. And then by the grace of God, our missionaries or our apostolic missionaries from the ALJC got the opportunity to be on this board and help decide things. And then they said, what was that woman's name that that girl gave us a CD of? Oh, Sharon McKee, let's invite her. And then my parents got to go back and people have the Holy Ghost and they got to give Bible studies. And then they got to bring our whole choir back and we got to have the first ever 
altar call in Poland and there were priests, you know, slain in the spirit and all these crazy things happening. And it all goes back to that moment when God says no. And there's like things that you can't possibly understand are going to happen. There's no final destination. There's no, okay, this is the point you've reached and that's your ministry, but it's learning to listen every single day, listening to every single no, every single yes, every single time that you're just driving on the road and you're just being aware and God tells you, Hey, why don't you go in this store? And you're like, okay. And then you go in a store and you meet someone and you just have a conversation and realize that they have been backslidden for years and you invite them to church. It's the little things like that, that are your quote unquote final destination. You can Mm -hmm. ask any pastor's wife or preacher's wife, do you think that you finally made it? And I promise they'll tell you, no, they're still working at their ministry. So don't be discouraged if you feel like, oh, I'm so far away from where I want to be. No, no, you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you're exactly where God wants you to be. But don't spend all this time wasting it and just complaining about where you're not and what you're not and who you're not and focus on why am I here? I just took another breath. That means where I'm at, there's a purpose for it. And I need to take advantage of that because God doesn't have any off days. Once, once you decide that you want to live for God and you want to be in ministry and you want to spread the love of God, that it's go time. There's no off days from there. It's not saying, okay, I want a ministry, so I'm going to wait until that happens. No, you want a ministry, so congratulations, it's begun. It's starting right now. And every day is valuable and you have to be intentional with it. And it's like having a GPS instead of a roadmap. Instead of saying, here's point A, here's point B, this is how I'm going to get there. It's being in the car and hearing turn left. Okay, now turn right. Okay, now turn right. And you don't understand why you need to turn right, but you just do it because that's what you were told to do. And then on the way, you pick up hitchhikers and you have to make pit stops and all those kind of stuff, ways that you would never think or plan out for yourself. His plan is so much greater than our plan and we can never orchestrate a better plan for our life than God already has. Just be intentional every single day, knowing that God loves you, you have a purpose, and other people need to know that God loves them and they have a purpose. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, a hundred percent. I love everything that you just said. And it was just so <laughs> powerful for real. Because it is definitely something on everybody's mind, especially as a young person in the church, you know, and you just spoke right to their heart. And I'm so grateful for you. And I'm just so glad that you've taken the time to just share your heart with us and to just share what God's been showing you. I'm so glad you had me. I'm a total spaz. So I appreciate you (laughs) dealing with it. Well, honestly, Savannah, you are a true treasure to me and really an inspiration to us all, no matter what age we are. And I know that people are going to get blessed by this, not just young people. So Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, Can you just share with us where we can follow you on social media? Yes. (laughs) On Instagram, at Savannah underscore Gail underscore. But Gail, like G-A-Y-L-E, because people spell it in different crazy ways. And then Savannah with an H. And then Facebook, just my name, Savannah McKee. And that's the only social media I have because I'm 90. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. 
If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.